3: Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, episode 6. My name is Dan Frost and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Tonight we've got Tash and we've got Dana. And guys, we are still buzzing off an amazing weekend of football. How good is it? Rugby League is back and, you know, you you think about how lucky we were to see that All-Stars weekend for an infinite amount of reasons, but the, the quality of football... Tash, I guess this is what happens when you bring the best of the best together. Because every minute of that football game had something about it. It was, it was. Anyway, I'll, I'll I'll hand it straight to you. Let's jump into our listener question off the top, and the listeners want to know what was our highlight from the game. Take it away, Tash.
2: And so many highlights from the game. It was, it was the best way to start the season, and what a bumper season it is. But I cannot go past the highlight that is uh, Chapo Jamie Chapman's. Um, try like I was so excited when it happened you talk about two of the you know battle of the fullbacks with Tamika Upton and um, Boveda Welsh and then Chapo who's normally on the wing can took so many balls herself with confidence on the run and then when she took that um, intercept and those legs just strode and it was like 90 meters and there was no chance anyone was going to catch her nobody gained on her and the biggest she had a split watermelon smile from ear to ear and it was just one of the best moments of the night
3: it was uh it was pretty special and and you know when you're in those situations when you take those intercepts you kind of you kind of love it and hate it don't you because you're like oh my god there's just so much distance to cover but i guess when you've got uh jamie's uh, athleticism it's uh, it's all pretty easy Look, for me, there was a lot in the game, and, and we'll definitely talk a little bit about it tonight. But for me, uh, look, Tamika Upton definitely showed her class in the game. And, you know, it was just really good to see from the Indigenous side, you know, there were definitely the underdogs coming into the, t- into the clash. And, you know, it was a really simple simple play. But, you know, the the, the Maori edge, they just got a little bit uh, – they sort of came in. And, and I guess just, Tash, they just didn't expect Tamika – to be able to produce that pass. And that cutout pass, that was something truly special uh, for one of Jamie's tries. So Tamika Upton, we've spoken a lot about her in previous episodes in terms of not only, you know, how she's performed over the past couple of seasons, but ultimately really exciting times for her and what she can sort of, you know, produce uh, coming into this season.
2: Yeah, Dan, I'll just back you up on that one. You could tell that the Maldi girls had watched a lot of footage of Tamika's play because they were shutting it down um a a fair bit but she's that sort of classy sort of player that yeah you can you can watch me do video and you can shut me down here but hey when it comes to pass selection and that beautiful silky pass to set chapo up on a second try you can't stop that because that's brilliant you might know it's coming but you can't stop it and that what's make makes a legendary player
3: yeah her ability to adjust on the run incredible dana again it it was it was a special weekend it was great to great to be there live um yeah i'm sure there was plenty of things but what was your what was your one highlight
0: um i mean my highlight didn't actually happen during the game so for anyone that was there i i mean i flew up from melbourne i was here with my best friend for the weekend for the game and um so mm-hmm. a major highlight for us was that uh, at the end of the game you know players will walk around the field you know you clap you take photos that kind of thing um, and there was actually towards the the Maori end that there was a, a group of them, small five or six of them, started doing the haka as the girls came towards that end, uh, which was amazing to watch. And then you watched the girls do it back, and it was definitely like a respect thing, a proud. They were so proud of them. You know, they didn't get the win, but just watching them play and just seeing that kind of back and forth was so incredible. I don't think, honestly, the whole night. I don't think I stopped smiling. But that was definitely. Uh, a bonus for anyone that was at the game, and honestly, I'm sure if you Google it, there's probably a thousand videos of it because it was incredible to watch.
3: All right, guys, let's jump into our segment tonight. All ball.
2: Every franchise has had tons of great players and legendary personalities, but who stands out above the rest? with the tackle by Ali
3: Australian Player of the Year. over.
2: Kelly.
3: If I can influence people positively, then. Yeah, my work here is done. I've still got a lot of left in me. I feel like we say this every week, but we are very, very excited about this week's episode because we are very fortunate to be joined by a very, very special guest, uh, an up and coming riser in the game, a legend, New South Wales, NRLW, and obviously starred on the weekend for the Indigenous All Stars team. Quincy Dodd, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
3: Quincy, I guess let, let's, let's throw it straight at you because we've got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, you know, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of our listeners are very interested to hear about your story and some of the challenges that you've fought through in your career. But yeah, I guess we've got to start with that All-Stars weekend because um, yeah, it was pretty special. Talk to us a little bit about what it meant to you, uh, how, it, how it kind of felt to go out there and get that first game of football under your belt uh, in season 2022.
1: Yeah, the whole lead-up to um, the game was just a a week that I'll always remember. It always is. Um, And knowing that I was co-captain with Caitlin this year was just an exciting role for me. Um, It's something new that um, I haven't done. So being a captain, um, being a role model um, and just teaching, showing and teaching the girls the way was just something that I'll never forget. Um, And I just trusted my coach, B.J., he, he had a game plan, um, we stuck to it, we executed it on the field and it just led, uh, led to a win on the weekend.
3: Yes. You uh, you always love to see an underdog story, and you guys were underdogs coming into that contest. A lot of people thought you guys would have a tough time of it, and um, you know conditions weren't easy as well. You know there was a lot of rain, very slippery, very difficult. It seemed like there was a lot of things going against you guys, but the way in which you guys came together just goes to show. I think you know just give us a little bit of an insight into you know how things were going um, off the field as well. But Quincy, one quick thing on that there were some truly special moments in the stadium. I, I guess, you know, obviously there was a lot of fans who came to support, um, you know, your team as well as Team Maori, but, you know, talk to us a little bit about, you know, some of, those, some of those goosebump moments, you know, where the flags were coming out, the crowd was getting really into it. I mean, you know, you think about where this contest is now. Imagine where this is going to be in, in 10, 20 years' time. I, I think, I, I think this, is, this is something that's truly special, not, not beyond rugby league.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely got goosebumps as soon as I was walking out with Caitlin next to her. I did hand over um, the flag to Tamea, so she got to walk out with the flag this year. And the unity dance, that was just something that us as a group, we just felt so connected and so strong as women um, that we just, yeah, the energy was high. We were very positive. And, yeah, as soon as that whistle blown, I think... um, yeah, the goosebumps calmed down a bit, and it was and it was go time. It was ready to play.
2: Yeah, Quincy, the whistle blows, and off you go. You just you've mentioned Caitlin a, a couple of times. Um, you, how great it is to captain the Now you were actually leading the tackle count for your team as co-captain, um, which is a great job going into halftime. But what's it like with Caitlin Johnson? I I seem to see her lift in these Indigenous games and so what does she bring to the team and what does she bring especially in camp?
1: Yeah Caitlin she's probably one of the strongest girls I know on and off the field her energy and the way she picks up people when we when we're down um, in our little huddle she would just say the right things Um, she would lift the girls up and yeah just make it a positive environment so Yeah, she's a player that you always want to play alongside with because she's always there and she's always supporting.
3: Uh, Very much a special talent. Uh, Quincy, all right, well, let's – Let's, uh, let's take it all the way back now because, you know, obviously you're still very, you know, young when it comes to your career. There's still so much uh, ahead of you. But, you know, thinking about the listeners and some of the, you know, some of the younger people that, that, are, that are listening and trying to think about, you know, what does it take to kind of get to where you've gotten in your career? Uh, take us back to some of those early years and, uh, yeah, some of your, your, I guess, your first memories of sport.
1: Yeah, so I actually started playing rugby league when I was at school, my first ever game then through school I we got to play Tasha Gale so um, in 2017 I got to play my first Tasha Gale game and that those two years 2017 and 2018 when I got the chance to play were the best years of footy that I've had because that's when you learn everything and um, yeah it's just something that I'll cherish forever and happy that I get the opportunity. And I was very fortunate to also win one of those. So that's another bonus I, I had there. T- so I remember.
2: Yeah, Quincy, I was actually watching you play and I watched that grand final and you played incredibly well. You were half back and we'll talk about your transition later. But can you tell us a little bit about your coach at at, at that level?
1: Yeah, so I was very... Um, Lucky as well to have my my dad, um, Colin Dodd. He he got to coach me those two years, and yeah, I love I love my dad as my coach, and he's just he's such a positive person. Um, he he wants the best out of us girls, and yeah, he really knew how to drive us to the grand final, and we were lucky enough to win. So yeah
3: yeah that that's what, that's what I was going to ask Quincy whether you gave him a hard time but uh, <laughs> it's, yeah uh,
1: it's, it's always like that father and daughter but we had a good bond so yeah it, it works very well.
3: No that's excellent. so I guess you know th- starting to move our way through then so obviously 20 you know 17, uh, 18 you're sort of at that Tasha um, Tashiga cup level and, and sort of learning the game and yeah take, take us through the rest of your journey as you slowly yeah make your make your inroads into rugby league.
1: Yeah. So 2018 was a really big year for me. So I made it to city country. I was actually playing on the wing at that stage. Um, and then I was lucky enough to be 18th woman for state of origin. So that was a big year for me. I was only 18, just finishing school. Um, yeah, making all these teams, um, but yeah, it's led to the woman I am today and where i've made it
3: Quincy, how does that feel? <laughs> I mean to be at you know on on the brink of state selection how, how did it feel sort of coming into camp and was there any, any sort of moments where you were kind of meeting you know some of the stars in the game and you know were there any sort of moments where you thought oh my god I can't believe I'm here talk us through those moments because to sort of hit those heights um, at such an early age I mean there's players that go their entire career without getting anywhere near that squad so tell us about some of those feelings because I'd imagine it would have been pretty special
1: yeah definitely um, I wasn't the loudest loudest when I was a bit younger but Walking in and knowing that I was going to be playing alongside Samama Taufa, um, like a, a legend of the game, so getting the thrill of knowing that those girls that I was going to play with, I'm in the same team as them, and I was 18 years old, so um, I was kind of fangirling when I was <laughs> when I was there. But I honestly remember the whole thing, and I love it. I loved it so much. It was it was such a eye opener for me and why I love rugby league now.
3: And, and I guess from there you know you're starting to think about well you know is, is this a is, is this a real you know sort of career for me in, in terms you know obviously we understand some of the challenges with uh, you know women in league obviously you know as it continues to become more and more professional but um, yeah I, I, was that kind of the point where you thought no this is this, this is it this is something that I can achieve and this is something that I want to do
1: yeah definitely um, knowing that I could make those teams and getting selected and knowing that there was there was a pathway for me um it really um drove me to try harder train harder and um do the best i can to make those teams
3: we're going to talk a little bit about um obviously moving you know trying to you know play in sort of the state competitions and then really interested to hear about how you sort of worked your way into the nrlw system but i guess taking a step back and reflecting on some of those years were there any hard parts? Like, sort of, it, this isn't this isn't easy. You know, this is these are you know it's a particularly challenging, uh, I, I guess, career that you've embarked on. Were there any sort of hard moments, or, or, or guess particular challenges that come to mind during those times?
1: Um, well, I've been very fortunate with um, injuries. I haven't actually had a major injury, which is um, something that yeah I'm very thankful for. But um, yeah, there's a lot of decision making that I had to try and think about um getting asked by different teams and having to decide where I want to go but um I, I really just spoke to my family and so, see what they thought about it and they helped me out through the whole process so there were probably some challenges that I um struggled with but when I had my family there, they just, they just helped me through the whole thing.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well talk us through the next couple of years because again, you know, really interested in our listeners getting a little bit of an insight into the journey into the NRLW system. And, you know, you didn't have it all your own way, you know, obviously you had to really fight your way, you know, into that competition at that level. Talk to us about your journey there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I started NRLW from the beginning, um, I was at Roosters. I, I was at Roosters for three years, and those first two years, um, I, I was unlucky to um, get a start, but I w- I felt like I was a part of the team. Um, it, it's something that um, I enjoyed the whole time. I knew I was going to make it if I kept trying, trying and training harder. Um, so I played 2000, I, I was in the squad 2018, 2019 2020 and then 2020 I was lucky to play um all all four games which is something that I remember because we did make it to the grand final and that was just a big year for me and yeah and I loved it very much.
2: Yeah, Quincy, you really hit your straps last year, most definitely. Um, the, the world took notice, no, no doubt. Um, but that that pairing that you had with Nita Maynard, like you guys were just cutting the defense apart. And it, tell us about that pairing with Nita.
1: Yes, that was something that um yeah, I loved. Our combination just worked so well. Um, our coach really knew how to work us through. So she would be on for fifteen minutes, then I would be on the next fifteen minutes, and just our rotation. And me and Nita, we're both we both have heaps of energy, so it just worked so well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Quincy, let's talk a little bit about your game, your style, your play. Um, I guess dig into a little bit of your background, obviously coming up through the halves, and talk to us about sort of yeah how how you found yourself in the in the middle uh, in the dummy half role.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I did start as a half. Um, Loved half so much, a lot of decision-making. Um, and I felt I had a little bit of pressure on me at half, but I did enjoy it so much. Um, and then my last year of Roosters, um, Jamie Feeney actually asked if I wanted to play training number nine. And I thought, yeah, why not? Like I, I actually have played number nine when I was at school, but that was a while ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, once I once I got the opportunity to um, try out in number nine, I thought I'd take it with two hands and look where it's led me today. I, I love the position now, and I think it suits me a lot. Even though I could still be a half, and I I feel confident in being a half, but I truly think I'm a hooker now, and I just can't. Yeah, I, I love the position.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and it's become you know, I, and I've said this in on multiple <laughs> episodes. It, it's becoming. <sighs> ultimately the most important uh, position on the field. You know, it's, it's changed so much, that role. And ultimately, you know, you, you're sort of well in control. A lot of pressure on the Haas, but still you're getting, getting your hands on the ball, you know, at, at every every opportunity there and having so much influence. Yeah, look, myself, Dana and Tasha, we're definitely going to break down uh, break down your your play, your skill set, um, and, yeah, the way in which you go about things, Quincy, because it is pretty special. But, again, thinking about, you know, some of our younger listeners that are watching you play, I think they definitely draw inspiration from, um, you know, your size, Quincy, you know what I mean? Like you're coming into the play a little bit undersized, but you are in the middle with – and this is something that we picked up on our road show going through New South Wales state competitions, the Queensland state competitions throughout these Mojo episodes – The forwards at this level, it is absolutely phenomenal. Quincy, talk to us about how you go about doing it, how you, I I guess, built your defensive game. And, you know, there's a lot of inspiration that a lot of our younger listeners can sort of, you know, um, gather from that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I am am probably one of the smallest players out there. But to me, I feel like size doesn't matter. As long as you get your body in front, um, that's something that I always have learned to do. And what I've been taught so um, if I have to put my body in front of someone I I will and I know that my teammates are going to come right next to me and um, help straight away so I do usually trust my players to come and um, help me out but yeah that's something that I haven't been afraid about getting my body in front um, and I just know I've got to make that tackle because that could win or lose a game so um, yeah, yeah, size does not matter. And um, as long as you have the strength and the willpower to get in front of them, yeah, you can do anything.
2: Well, Quincy, you've certainly got both those um, aspects, strength and willpower, um, very, very good technique. But without giving too much away, like I've watched you play and you score tries off an offload, you score tries off quick play the ball, you score tries off the markers and napping. So when you see your forward go up, if you had to choose one or the other, do you want a quick play of the ball or an offload? Quick play of the ball. <laughs> quick play of the ball, definitely. Just
1: because um, when I say that quick play of the ball and I know those markers are a bit lazy, I feel like that's my opportunity to just get out and run. And I get, I I I can feel it when it's coming up too, because I know that my my person that's playing the ball. When I see them getting up quicker than the markers, I know that's my time to just run. <laughs>
2: You do now, it really
0: well. Yeah. Look on the back of that, like you know, you are you're so incredibly talented for someone who's so incredibly young. Um, do you think having this success at such a young age is something that's going to push you harder or put you under some extra pressure in the next few years, or do you think it's just going to help you skyrocket and be a better player?
1: Um, I think it's going to be something that's going to push me uh, push me harder because. Um, I have these opportunities, but I do want to make it to the top and um, I haven't quite made it there, but um, it's definitely something that I'm obviously going to work on and I'm just going to build on.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Quincy, let's get into a little bit of adversity as well. Uh, I mean, some, some amazing achievements uh, in season 2020. Um, you had your remarkable uh, NRLW campaign there with the Roosters talk to us a little bit about the grand final, um, you know, sort of, you know, that it's, uh, I, I guess mixed feelings, obviously given the result, but nonetheless, obviously to, to get there to, to the, I, I guess the big dance, the, the big game. Yeah. Talk to us about that experience. Uh,
1: yeah, that preparation for that week was knowing that I was going to be, um, playing in a NRLW grand final was just a thrill. Um, yeah, the lead up were, I, I remember the whole week and, um, I did, I was definitely nervous, that was one thing for sure, um, but I knew, I, I felt like we had the team to do it. Um, we didn't quite do it, but yeah, running out on that field, it was pouring, raining, um, I knew that the conditions that it was in, so I knew that I had to tell everyone to move in a bit because the, the ball was going to be wet, there might have been drop balls everywhere Um yeah, and just um, playing the whole game, I felt I, I felt like I put my body on the line all the time. Um, I pushed my hardest. I as soon as I needed a break, put my hand up, and yeah, even getting a try, I felt like that was something that I'll remember forever. Um, yeah, scoring in one of the NLW and, W grand finals.
3: Yeah, and and for those that. Absolutely incredible! And for those that haven't experienced grand final, uh, grand final matches the the actual the actual gameplay itself what a, how can you explain it? You know, obviously we we hear stories about it being faster, more physical. Was that your experience on the day?
1: Yeah, definitely. It, it's it's a lot quicker. Um, even the atmosphere, it's louder. Um, it's it's exciting. It's just yeah. It gives gives me goosebumps every time I talk
2: about it. <laughs> Quincy, so we, we, we've spoken several times on this program about what a cracking year it is uh, for Women's Rugby League. Um, you know, you go from those just four game series and now it's seven and then you've got another season towards the end so just tell me how much difference is that going to make to you and your NRLW team and is there any worries I mean you've never been injured but to that it do you think it's um any worries with injuries with the players as well
1: uh yeah this is going to be a massive year of rugby league and I think all the girls know that um but I think we just got to do the little things so recovery sleep well eat well um we do those little things, and it will help us not to be injured or hurt. So, yeah, it's it is going to be a big year, but as long as we got each other back, uh, each other's back, and we do have the right resources, we have got physios, we got um, doctors. So, as long as we use them too, um, you'll be able to get back on track straight away.
0: Yeah, on In the back of what Tash said regarding you know having two seasons this year instead of just one, uh, you know you're a player that's got the extension you played indigenous this weekend you've got season like undoubtedly you're going to be named in the origin side this year and then you've got another season um obviously you've got access to those doctors and stuff but how do you keep that momentum throughout the whole year because you don't really get that break like some other girls do
1: yeah definitely we yeah we don't really have a break um yeah, that's a tough question because we, we haven't actually experienced this either yet. So we, this is the first time for us having a full 12-month plan of rugby league. So, yeah, it's something that we're going to find out at the end of the year and see if it was too much um, because, yeah, this NRLW season did get pushed back to this year, so it kind of has overloaded. But, yeah, there's good out of it and then there's bad. So, yeah, we'll definitely find out at the end of the year.
3: It's a little bit interesting okay. as you, and we're going to talk a little bit about sort of what the, what this campaign looks like heading into this season. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, you sort of head into camp and you sort of in and around some of the younger players coming through and, you know, you sort of, you sort of, you know, passing off, you know, leadership vibes, you know, given that you are so young in your career, but it is because of the experiences that you've had. And one experience that I guess we can't um, you know, look past and, and something that we've got a bit of a split panel here with myself and Tash on the New South Wales side of things. And Dana, a very proud uh, Queenslander, talk to us about State of Origin and your experiences in that arena. Because again, you know, you talk about you know some of the elite competitions in your sport. Uh, anyway, talk us through it. Talk us through your experiences. Pretty special stuff.
1: Yeah, I think um, State of Origin is probably one of the quickest games there is. Um, yeah, it's it's a quick game. It's a strong game. It's a powerful game. Um, it's always a good game too. Um, yeah it's it's a great it's a great time to experience that um and it's always the week prior to that is just something that yeah you'll cherish forever because you never know when you're going to throw on the next um state of origin jersey so yeah so it's something that yeah you take with two hands and yeah you experience it
2: Quincy um a lot of Origin players talk about their careers and even though they may have, um, you know, represented their country, um, they often talk about the most growth that they ever did as a player was putting on that Blues jersey. Now, you've had an incredible journey and no break in your pathways and and you just seem to be going, you know, up and up and up. And with such a big year, we talked about the toll on the bodies. What sort of uh, commitment do you need to make at, State level in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership um, in between the seasons. So, can you talk us through what the expectations are there?
1: yep So for yeah. So yeah, we've got NRLW season at the start. Then we've got our state, which is um, then we've got our oh, sorry, then we've got our um, New South Wales. So we're going to be playing Harvey Norman in between it. Then we've got our state of origin straight after. So um preparation is just yeah you've got to be prepared to be the best and do the best because otherwise um you won't be ready for that game and um yeah it's something that you need to really focus on
3: yeah, absolutely. Definitely going to have to take care of the body, recover, and, and just to be able to sort of maintain that form, you know, throughout that twelve month period, as Dana spoke about earlier. Um, definitely a challenge, but um, something that uh, we all have a lot of faith in you, Quincy, and something I'm sure you'll be able to uh, deliver. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, this year's campaign. Um, talk to us about your your new club. Yeah, just just a little bit about your decision making there in terms of joining the Dragons, and uh, yeah, talk to us about um, talk to us about that journey
1: yeah so um I'll be yeah playing for the dragons for 2021 season of nRLw um, yeah it's something that I got asked to do at the start um, going through a marquee pro- um, program um, I got allocated there and it's something that I-, I was i was excited about because it's a challenge for me and um, jumping from roosters to dragons. Um, yeah, it gives me another opportunity to put an NLW jersey and, yeah, it does mean the world to me. And ever since I've been at Dragons, it's just been amazing. The environment, the culture, the girls, um, they're very welcoming. Um, I've only been there for a, a, a few months now and I feel like family there and I feel um, like, like I really belong
3: yeah, Quincy, the Dragon situation's interesting, isn't it? Because from the outside looking in, obviously the, you know, lost a couple of players there at the club, but it's it's got a very fresh feel to it, you know, when you think about the squad. Obviously you'll be coached by Jamie Soward. you're obviously new to the club, there's a lot of new faces, and I mean this, this, this panel's smirking a little bit because we have done in depth analysis and deep dives and we've spoken to a lot of the players in the Dragon Squad. <laughs> There is so much talent in that team, but, you know, you just get a bit of a sense that you guys, again, are coming into the season as a little bit of an underdog. How does that sit with you, uh, you know, coming into the season as an underdog compared to, you know, um, some of the teams that are probably, yeah, more favourited?
1: Yeah, um, I feel like this year with us, Dragon Saints, we do have a new team there. Um, um, these girls, the way that I've been training with them and the way they um, present themselves is just, yeah I feel like we're we're really strong together and I feel like we're very connected um, and it's just gonna show out on the field like what we've done and how we've prepared for um, but yeah, it's. I'm excited, very excited. Look,
3: as a, as a proud Nova Castrian, uh, I'll just take that hat off for a second. But dragons fans, dragon supporters, uh, that part of the world. I mean, it, it is. It, it, yeah, it's unrivaled in terms of its support. So I think. Um, I, I think there's you know there's something pretty special there in terms of that club and what what's being built there. And uh, uh, I think Quincy, I think you're going to be a big part of it. So. Um, no excellent Quincy uh look that was uh yeah great little recap and as we've spoken about we'll we're gonna obviously provide uh our listeners more opportunities uh to hear more about your story into the future but um yeah just really want to thank you for giving us a little bit of an insight but it doesn't end there um if you don't mind we might uh we might throw a little bit of a rapid fire question at you shortly well good all right, speaking of, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon.
0: Oh,
2: okay. we'll
3: oh my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe
1: that's what you're doing.
3: Now, Tash, we've obviously given a lot of love uh, to the Indigenous All Stars because they did get the they did get the win on the weekend. But um, yeah, obviously, we just just want to spend a little bit of time talking about Team Maori because um, again, it was it was a very difficult game. The conditions were tough, as we spoke about. Um, they were a favoured team coming in, um, but there were some really strong individual performances. And that's the question I've got for everyone here in Rapid Fire: is um, who do you think was the best on field? Um, yeah, in, in in that Maori side.
2: Yeah, Dan, look, it was just jam-packed with talent. Um, both teams and it was a fabulous game of football. Um, you're right, um, the Moldy girls went in there as favourites and I think they were a bit, you know, shocked at first um, to actually be going into the sheds down at, at half-time. Um, but I still think that they thought that they, they could come away with the win and one player came out of that sheds. I want to know what the coach said to her or what she drank or ate because Kennedy Charrington came out of those sheds absolutely firing she was then in everything in attack and defense and you could just see the determination on her face she was never give up and she was leading by example and and i thought yeah she she deserves some accolades probably yeah the best uh multiplayer out there
3: yeah she played that kamikaze role <laughs> very very well was able to sort of flip momentum just just you know uh one player to go out there and sort of flip the game like that, it was it was it was pretty special, and to do it on the defensive side of the ball, um, yeah, it just gives you a bit of an insight into I think what Kennedy's going to bring, um, yeah, to the field this year. Uh, Quincy, what about yourself? You uh, you were in the action, you were there, uh, you witnessed it, experienced it firsthand. Um, there were a lot of really good performances uh, in the opposition, but if you had to pick one player who caught your eye on the weekend,
1: yeah, um, playing against this girl, I definitely felt like she had plenty of runs, tackled hard, and that's Shannon Maito. Um, Yeah, she was really strong out there. I think I had to tackle her about three times in a row. Um, That means she would have had three runs in a row. So, yeah, she was definitely a standout in that game. And, um, yeah, she really led it from the front in the forwards.
3: Yeah, Quincy, I think there was a little bit of a personal battle there between you and uh, Shannon. You definitely went toe-to-toe. And, uh, yeah, there was some incredible, incredible tackles there from yourself. But, no, she was... Definitely outstanding in the middle, that's for sure. Made a made a big impact. Look, for me, I spoke about my, my Nova Castrian hat, and I've got to throw it on here in a second. Obviously, when you w- watch these rep games, you're always looking at some of your club players. And uh, our young winger, our young rising star, Autumn Rain Stevens-Daily, obviously, was, was outstanding um, on the weekend. And it just feels... I mean, this is the thing. Yeah? As fans watch these games, you just get so excited about the talent that's out there. And, um, yeah, look, things are looking really good for Newcastle. Um, you know, you talk about underdogs. Uh, you know, there was... You know, there was a lot of, I guess, scrutiny as to whether the Knights would be competitive this year, and then you see some of the players flashing those rep games. It just, um, yeah, things are looking good for the Knights. All right, Dana, uh, you can wrap it wrap it up here. Um, yeah, it was a great game. You were there live. A lot of really strong performances, but there was one that caught your eye.
0: Yeah, so pretty much off the bat, like the entire game, um, I sat like on the try line at the Marianne. And every time she got so close, but I don't think she actually got one. But it was Beauvette Welsh, and there was just a couple line breaks, and the speed that she had on her, even though the ground was wet, and I'm sure it was a bit, you know, heavier than usual, was insane. Um, yeah, like I said, she got there was a couple breakaways that she almost got, but the difference from the Indigenous girls was just too strong to get for her to get over the line, which I'm not completely mad about. Um, but yeah, she and she had a lot of possession as well. So I just think that you know, she's one of our favorites here on Mojo. We've spoken about her a lot, but, uh, yeah, Bo was definitely a, a massive standout for me yesterday.
3: All right, guys. look, well, that's all the time we have tonight. Uh, Quincy, once again, we really want to thank you for, uh, for jumping on uh, the episode and, uh, sharing a little bit of insight into your story. Definitely want to get you back and, and find out a little bit more about your career, but, you know, um, just really want to thank you for coming on. And, Quincy, not to to put you on the spot, but I I do want to make sure that we highlight this, that you are a massive role model in the game. Uh, There are so many people across the rugby league community that love watching you play and to see some of the younger fans that were sort of watching on the weekend and watching you go out there and shine and to get that win for the Indigenous All-Stars. It was a a tremendous performance. You were Um, co-captain. I guess it's great omens for the season ahead. But again, Quincy, thanks for coming on. We really do appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
3: Any time. And to our listeners, we really do hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, continue to share the word about Mojo Sports, download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next time, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports.